0: Greg Pope, John Burton Show, presented by Omni Nashville Hotel. We're going to be down there tomorrow morning. Bill King's show, 6 to 9. Our show, 9 to 11.
1: Just hanging out uh, around
0: the SEC tournament that's that's going on. Of course, four games
1: uh, today. That's going to be the highlight of my day tomorrow because uh, Mm -hmm. I'm off TV after today until next week. So I'm going to come down there and hang out and have some breakfast. Slacker. Uh, Anyway, the – oh, dang. Ooh!
0: he threw the straw you've been chewing on at me. My God. That's, I'm going to have to get a tetanus shot or something. A <laughs> uh, uh, lot, of, lot of conversation, obviously. NCAA selection comes out uh, on Sunday afternoon, 5 o'clock on CBS. We'll know News where. 5. Yeah, there you go, on your your station as well. Uh, Lee Fowler, the former chairman of the NCAA basketball committee, the selection committee, also the former AD at NC State, MTSU, Vanderbilt. Uh, he's uh, He anchors down. He played at Vanderbilt, graduated at mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. Uh, the, the, the pride of Columbia. Uh, Tennessee. Lee Fowler. Hey,
1: Lee. Good morning. Hi, Lee. Uh, How
2: how are you guys doing?
1: We're doing great. It's a great time of year, as you know. March is a wonderful time of year, isn't it?
2: It's a wonderful time of year. There's 12 people locked in a room up in in Indianapolis trying to figure out which of the last four teams to get in, and and they can't ever get it right because there's always four to eight teams that thought they should have got in. But it's a great time of year, and it's the best event, I think, in sports is – from the time that's announced to the final four and the ending of it, it's quite quite a quite a, an event.
0: Well, it involves so many people and so many schools at, at, at all levels. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the the you know the mid majors with their automatics and all of that, and and making that run. Who's going to be this year's Saint Peter's right. or something something right. like that. Leave. We've been having a lot of conversation about Vanderbilt. Two to three weeks ago after that Alabama loss, they look, that thing could have gone off the rails quickly. It didn't. Uh, they win eight of their last nine. They go to Kentucky and win. They beat Mississippi State. They beat Florida. Uh, they they're beat Tennessee. Their net is still 82. Uh, their Ken Palm is in the 40s. Uh, You've been in that building looking at things, and we've been told so much about the NCAA net. I. Where, where is Vanderbilt in your eyes?
2: Well, you know, I, I think that the, the loss is early and, the you know, that net figures in where you play, how many, how many points you lose by, and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I really think that their non-conference, like a lot of other non-conference schedules, are are really really hard to figure out because everybody's got new players on everybody's team from different teams the year before and, I think the early part of the season really doesn't tell as much as it used to about your team because they're really trying to gel and get together and and, and get a a team concept going. And So I I would think that the later part of the season will be more important to the committee, or I hope it is, because that's when teams are playing their best or worst uh, against teams that are like them budget-wise and crowd-wise and all that sort of thing. So. It'll be interesting to hear after the selection Sunday on how that those sort of things went because everybody's talking about around the country about the transfer rule and the, of course the NIL, but that didn't have much as much to affect it. May create some transfer kids, but it's it's always amazing to me how these coaches and some of them who have been really good in the past have struggled with this new concept of new players every year. Uh, I think the, the the Michigan State coach and Syracuse and some of those guys that are used to having guys five years in their program, building the team over a long period of time, have kind of struggled with this new concept. And even you've had some guys get out of the business that retired because of that, I think, because it, it's just so different than what they were used to uh, all the years they coached.
1: Lee, you mentioned, you know, how well a team is playing towards the end of the season. You look at Vanderbilt, you know, they've won eight of nine since that Alabama debacle. Uh, Greg mentioned the, the the teams they beat. I don't know. I woke up this morning and I'm of the opinion that if they win, if they beat LSU tonight in the SEC tournament, which I think they will, and if they beat Kentucky tomorrow night, I think they're in. Is, is that too simplistic to say um, from where you stand right now?
2: Well, believe it or not, you, you, I'll say something that you probably never heard before, and y'all like to have things said on your show that you, nobody's ever heard. But if you if you look at all the Joe Lenardi and all that sort of stuff, I can't remember in the five years I was on the committee that one win this week made the real difference in a team getting in or not getting in. Mm. You got to realize these teams got these, these guys, and, and now there's a lady on the committee. Got there Wednesday. They turn in the teams they think should get in without even any discussion. And then the discussion starts. So they'll be watching games from time to time. But, I mean, a lot of this is created by ESPN, who happens to own all the rights to these tournaments that you're tuning into because you think it's so important one game mm-hmm. or another game. Mm-hmm. But but I just don't think that one game is going to make a huge difference. I think Vanderbilt's situation, they have to beat LSU tonight. And then it has a lot to do with who loses in other conferences. Um, You know, they're fourth in the league but but a sixth seed, but they've got some teams below them that they beat, like Florida and Mississippi State and Arkansas. Those teams lose today. That really hurts them because they were under 500 in the league and now lost another game. And Vanderbilt's 11 and 7 in the league, and if they win, they, they won another game. So I don't think it's as simple as as Joe likes to say it, that one game gets you in or out. (laughs) But it's it's a good stick to sell people to tune in and Mm -hmm. watch the game. Made Joe Linardi a lot of money. Well, he's (laughs) moving them
0: up and moving them back. You know what, though? Him and Chris Dortch, we've had Chris, Mm -hmm. uh, came up with bracketology, but they didn't trademark it
2: is that yeah that that's that's not very smart to have not done that <laughs> but, but i would say that that you know it, it's good and and you, people are excited yeah. about it and it gets you excited about the final four and all the games up to it so i think i think it's good but i just think it's a little bit over exaggerated
1: okay
0: when you're up there you know, every you guys are human beings. You are not so. You when you enter that room, and now if it's the Alabama AD, he can't discuss Alabama, whatever. And you each and everybody's got, I guess, their assignments for certain leagues and, and all of that. But don't you go to breakfast? Don't you go to lunch? Don't you go to dinner? Don't you go out and and sitting down at the bar or, or and have a, a cocktail at the end of the day? You can't. I don't believe that discussions don't continue outside of that room.
2: Well, you don't really leave the rooms. You you actually have dinner and eat. If you have maybe a cold beer, or a glass of wine, it's in the suite where all the TVs are. So
1: mm.
2: huh? a couple of areas. You're in your room. You don't leave the. You're not supposed to leave the floor unless you had an emergency. But um, but yeah, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. But I mean this year's committee. There's 12 members on the committee. It used to be 10. Now that's 12. And seven of the of the 10 or 12 are Sunbelt, Butler, Sanford, Big Sky, SWAC Conference Commissioner, A10 Commissioner, and Bradley. So you got seven people in that room that have basically come up in the non power conferences. They may have worked in a conference uh, affiliated, you know, at some point with a major conference, a lot of them do, but, you know, they're in there thinking that probably too many eight, nine teams get in out of the big leagues. And, and and so, and then you got five guys that are, that are all, you got Arizona, Minnesota, Iowa state, North Carolina, and Alabama in the room. So, you know, it's, it's the makeup of the committee to me would lend itself to more mid majors getting in and less eight, nine and 10 or not, seven, eight, nine, uh, schools getting in from conferences now whether that happens or not but the discussions in there I remember one year I was the chair in 02 in NC State we'd had a great year we felt like but we were one of the last teams to get in the tournament I couldn't say anything I couldn't mention anything about <laughs> NC State and, and that's tough and I know it's tough on Bubba Cunningham who's a friend of mine at North Carolina he's going to be sitting there watching and listening to all that how North Carolina has to win the league and all that sort of stuff you know, one thing that the committee I was on, uh, multiple committees, CM and and Terry Holland, who just passed away this past week, and and, and those guys would want to know, okay, North Carolina hadn't had a great year, but they got 20 wins. Now, who would you rather play? Would you rather play uh, Bradley or would you rather play North Carolina in the tournament? And most coaches would say, well, I'd rather play Bradley. So there's there a lot of that kind of discussion going on, which makes the net and all that other stuff kind of go out the window when you know what kind of team North Carolina has. Yes, they've hadn't had the greatest year, but they're getting everybody's best shot. So, so those sort of things I think come out in the end. And, and I don't think it's because they're the name North Carolina. I think it's looking at their team. I mean, they've got a team that went to the final and everybody back except one from last year. So those kind of things will be the discussions you got to have. Uh, and we used to have 8 out of 10 to vote a team in. Now they may be 9 or 10 out of 12 to vote somebody in. So it's according to how many people have to sit out. So it, it's an interesting process. It, it, it's never – I've never seen it when I was in there that what was talked about out, out of there was, going, was happening. And, but it's all fun, and it's, it's good for the game, and it promotes the tournament, as I said.
0: Lee Fowler with us, uh, former uh, chairman of the NCAA Basketball uh, Committee, uh, MTSU, North North Carolina State, AD. Uh, You've become, and we were talking a couple days ago, Lee, you've become quite close with Jerry Stackhouse. What do you think of him as the Vanderbilt coach, your alma mater, and and the job he's doing and where he's taking it?
2: Well, I really really like Jerry as a person, number one, Uh, and I, I think, I've been to probably five or six practices over the year. Uh, the kids, they, they, they get along great. The kids are really good kids. Um, you know, and that's interesting. We've talked about Vanderbilt a little bit, but, you know, what do you tell the committee about Robbins? You know, Robbins out. So at one point you were going to use that. As he was out four or five games, we could have won maybe more. Now that he's out, again, you don't use that because they, all that information is sent to the NCAA. And and so now they're they're sitting there having beaten Kentucky but all but four minutes with him out and then beat Mississippi State at home. So you're probably not going to mention Robbins has been gone because he's gone again, but you're winning. So I think LSU's a big game, big game tonight. I know Jerry knows that. I thought Jerry felt a lot of pressure during the year about needing to win and having to win. He, he talked a little bit. I happened to get there just after they told him he was co-coach of the year and he kind of was thinking back through the year when he thought the team had made a difference. The Alabama game definitely kind of brought them together. But he said over the year, different guys came along at a different pace. And I think he's a great players coach because he played so long, played at a high level. He, he, does, he does a great job of, of meeting with players outside the the, the what, what Herb Sinek used to call the classroom, which is practice. And I think he gets to know the guys, kind of try to figure out what makes them go. And, and you know, Ezra Mignon Man- has been such a difference in, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. He's, you know, he takes all pressure away from him now. You get the ball into him. It's it, So it helps our team so much that these guys have grown together and, have, and are starting. And you could see them believing. It was amazing to me how they started believing they could beat anybody and play with anybody. So it, it's an interesting concept. I think he's done a great job this year. I think he deserved Coach of the Year, and, and I'm excited about the future. If you know anything about their team, they've got a bunch of young guys that I think are really going to be good players. And Ezra's coming back next year, and they got Lawrence back next year. They've got Studi back next year. They've got the young big guys. Yeah, back. QMB
1: yeah. announced yesterday he's coming back next year, Lee.
2: Yeah, pardon me. Uh,
1: QMB Quentin Malora Brown says he he's coming
2: back next year. And that that that's wonderful too, and and he's such a good kid because yeah he's great. I mean he he's not as talented as a lot of guys, but man he gives it all, and he definitely is a guy that helps you build a team on the inside. He helps with those young big guys. So so I, I really look forward to to the future, and that's what most people were worried about. Mid mid season, so uh, so I'm excited about it and think he's done a good job. And, and Jerry's one of those guys. My dog, my dogs are. I think <laughs> yeah, your dogs like, like him. <laughs> the dogs like him too. We, hey, hey, Greg knows about this. We're we're dog city, We don't have dogs. And my daughter's gone to, to out of out of the country with her husband, mm-hmm. and so we're we're grand dogs sitting. Oh, uh, grand dogs! They go crazy. Yeah, hey, Lee. I, I apologize
1: for interrupting you earlier, but I I did want to ask you when you were the chair. It was obviously in the in the pre social media uh, you know era. So once the brackets were revealed and announced, you were the one that had to make the 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 media rounds and get grilled by ESPN and CBS. Uh, what was that like? I mean, how much did you have to like bite a hole through your tongue when you're getting some of those questions like, "Why didn't this team make it? Why is this team out?" Yeah. That kind of thing.
2: Well, well, my year was the year that Butler didn't make it one of the first years that that they thought they should and didn't get in, and so I I got steamrolled by <laughs> Butler fans. But uh, but D- Dick Vitale was was bad. But I was lucky that year because uh, I had I had. Uh, a guy that, that I could hear about asking him to ask me certain questions. But, uh, Mark, uh Mike Tarico, and Mike, he's the nicest guy in the world. And he, he wouldn't ask me the tough questions. So he would, he, I could hear, I could hear the questions, but he <laughs> wouldn't repeat them. Yeah. And so that was nice. And then, I, uh, we had Packer and, and of course our partner in CBS, we had Packer and Nance and. They asked me a couple questions, and I told them if, I'd, if I answered it, I'd have to kill them because <laughs> we couldn't tell anybody. So, but, but, yeah, it's, it's not the nicest feeling in the world. That was the first year they had games in Dayton. So I went to the Dayton games, and uh, the, there were a lot of people that were Butler fans to, uh, the, at Dayton. So, uh, and, and then the other team was, was uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga was mad at their seed, and we went to the game out in New Mexico. It was in the pit and Wyoming upset them in the pit, and so that was the end of that conversation after they didn't win their first-round game against a, a lower <laughs> level. So every year, the good thing is it's, it all settles out because only one team comes out winning, so most of it settles out after the first weekend.
0: Lee, say to Carol and the kids, the grandkids, and the dogs, everybody. The do- uh, yeah. you you're down in Columbia, huh? No, I'm in Franklin. I live in Franklin. Robert. Yeah, I got nice a too. I got a a message from Mulehead Kevin. You know, said he need you need to move back to Columbia where you belong. <laughs>
2: so. Well, I, I actually go there two or three times a week to play golf. So that's yeah. not right. playing gray <laughs> mirror. But you you guys y'all, y'all have a great show. I listen and uh, the one thing you didn't mention, and we got to make sure, sure that plaster doesn't get mad ass plaster. Would have to. He would want you to mention I was his color commentator one year
0: in Me- before he got fired after one year at Memphis, right? Yeah, <laughs> after
2: six months.
0: No, after what? six months. Yeah, of course you. I had, left on my own volition, yeah, And, and of course uh, you and uh, Coach B, Ron Bergatzi, uh, join him every Thursday. So um, yep, anyway, we do. All right, hey Lee, good right, co- good catching up, Thanks, Lee. See you, man. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, Lee Fowler, good dude, good dude. Hey, we're wide open to the top of the hour six one five eight four four fifty six hundred. Well, I'm Greg Pogue, and welcome to the High Valley Conference Basketball.